Hello and welcome back to Solid. My name is Jake. Here with you today with a with a week nine bird's eye preview. Man, we're doing it. We're in, we're in the final final two games of the regular season. Uh, if the Battlehawks win this one, who who knows? Who knows what the preview will look like next week? Maybe maybe uh, since uh, uh, Battlehawks will have clinched that. Um, that they won't do start. I don't know. Maybe they won't play their starters. I I, I don't know. I have no idea how how the XFL is going to tackle um, late game, meaningless game games. But we're not going to talk about that. We're not talking about week ten. We're talking about week nine. I don't even know why I brought week ten up. We're not even there yet. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. It's week nine, man. It's week nine. Let's start with some good news. AJ McCarron is off the injury report. I think he was off the injury report on like Monday or Tuesday. Um, it is currently Friday. Uh, he is off the injury report. That is a good thing. We had an idea that this was going to happen um, at the beginning of last, like the last week's game. Um, Anthony Beck said that AJ could have played, but they just wanted to play it safe. I get it. I get it. You guys beat Vegas by like twenty-five points or twenty-three points a couple weeks before that. So why not rest your starting quarterback so he's good for the stretch run? I get it. So AJ McCarron off the injury report. Bad news though. Bad news, Nick Tiano hurt his foot and went on the IR. Uh, not not to pile on the guy, um, but it's a bummer that he kind of blew his chance in the XFL and then put an exclamation point on it with a bum foot. That that sucks for him. That's a that's a tough week. Um, you know, at least he won, I guess. At least he won that game. Look look at me trying to be positive. Uh, the new the new guy Battlehawks picked up because they wanted to make sure they. Had depth in that QB room. Uh, new guy they picked up is Vinny Testaverde Jr. There's no real juice behind him. Only that his dad is Vinny Testaverde. Uh, it's a familiar name potentially. You know he's the uh, he's the guy who has the record for the most losses as a starter in NFL history. So that's kind of sick, I guess. Um, let's not focus on him. Hopefully we don't have to see him. Um, Hopefully we don't have to see him. Let's just get into the preview, okay? Seattle Sea Dragons are five and three. They're playing at St. Louis Battlehawks, who are six and two on Sunday, four sixteen at two p.m. Central. All right, this is how schedules should work: play a team at the beginning of the season, and then have the second matchup at the end of the season. All right. Now we're in a spot where these two teams have identities, so we're so we're looking at two very different teams than than back in week two. All right, this is a good thing. I like this much better than playing a, a team two weeks after you played them the first time like we did with uh, D.C. and Vegas. That was stupid. Okay, so Battlehawks offense versus uh, Sea Dragons defense. In case you forgot, okay, it was a while ago. In case you forgot, Brian Hill got hurt in week one and didn't play in the week two uh, matchup against Sea Dragons. Um, that's definitely going to play a part in this game, okay? Whether it's a good thing, a bad thing, or maybe both. All right, he's, he's got the fumble bug. Brian Hill's got the fumble bug. It's just something he has now. It's something that never goes away. You know, we don't know when it's going to show up. He's going to have to apologize to a group of people when he doesn't use proper protection. It's just like herpes. It's just like herpes, okay? If Hill, if Brian Hill can get moving early, Seattle's going to make shifts to man coverage hilariously fast. They're very scared, okay? They're very scared of a running game. 
That'll allow AJ and the gang. Uh, to, uh, that'll that'll get them into a, a terrific spot, right? This this wide receiver group is great at winning against man coverage in pretty unique ways. Okay, Shepard's gonna burn guys. Butler's gonna moss guys and not get tackled. Uh, and Aitman's gonna turn the field into his own circus using those giant long arms of his. Okay, so we got a lot of unique ways to beat man. Um, I promise you this. Promise you this: If the BattleHawks target Jake Sutherland, he'll end up scoring in this game. You know, maybe not on his first catch, maybe not on his second catch, maybe later than that. But it will happen. I will. I will. I would absolutely love it if AJ picked up where he left off two weeks ago uh, when he hit Sutherland four times. Okay, he is and has been a severely underutilized weapon in this offense, and it makes me sad every single week. Um, Seattle team. Lost last week after a five-game winning streak. All right, they won five games in a row. Just lost last week to uh, to DC. Right, they were used to winning and having things going their way. When their defense started to get burnt by those by those DC wide receivers, when their when their defense started getting burnt, they started to panic. All right, defensive backs started making really really bonehead decisions, and they were getting all kinds of big and poorly timed penalties. They had eight penalties for 127 yards last week, and a good amount of those were defensive pass interferences, all right? That's why it's eight for 127. It was crazy. They just started playing like idiots. If the Battlehawks can put points on the board quickly, they'll be able to butcher the defensive backfield like the little pigs they are. They'll just be able to slaughter them. They'll be able to slaughter them. How great would it be to see Hakeem Butler have a DPI on him, have it not affect him even a little bit, and still catch the ball and get a touchdown? That's what I'm rooting for. That's what I'm rooting for. The, the problem here is going to be protection, all right? Yes, this offensive line has been putting together some good games pass protection-wise. It's, it's, a, it's a really good thing to see. But this Seattle defensive front is pretty good. Okay, if you look at the defense's number, the defense, I don't know why I keep saying defense. If you look at the defensive numbers, they're not tremendous. All right, they've had this whole season, they've had 16 sacks, 37 tackles for uh, for losses and and they've allowed 19 and a half points per game. It's not a tremendous defense. But you can really say the same thing about the BattleHawks defense. They're putting up the same they're putting up the same numbers. They're putting up the same numbers, all right? Seattle's going to throw a lot of pressure at AJ to make him get the ball off quickly. We see we see the BattleHawks defense not get uh, not get sacks but get pressures and tackles for losses. Um and that's that's kind of what that's kind of what Seattle does. They 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 don't have a whole lot of exotic pressures, but they use their linebackers pretty effectively. Um what what stands out to me the most is their delayed linebacker blitzes. I I can't I can't remember which game or or games it was. Uh, but I do I do distinctly remember the Battlehawks offensive line having having trouble picking those delayed blitzes up. Again, this O line is much better now, but I think I still think those blitzes are going to be impactful. The biggest the biggest thing for me this game is going to be protecting the ball. Okay, if the Battlehawks win the turnover battle, they're they're going to win this game. Brian Hill can be can be an issue. We know that, but Seattle's got a quarterback. Uh, Seattle's quarterback holds on to the ball just about as badly as anyone as anyone ever has. Um, let's get into that. All right, that was the that was the uh, offense uh, BattleHawks offense versus uh, Seattle's defense. All right, BattleHawks defense versus Seattle's offense. Okay, like I'm saying they got a quarterback who's got uh, got himself a little bit of a fumble bug too. Ben DiNucci has fumbled the ball five times this year. They're not strip sacks either. Okay, AJ's fumbled the ball four times. 
but a lot of those, most of those, if not all of them, have been strip sacks. Ben DiNucci's fumbled five times, and they're not strip sacks. If there's one thing Ben loves more than fumbling, it's bailing the pocket and running. Okay, when he does that, it looks like it's it's very funny. If you remember from week two, he's he has not changed his running style. When when he does when he does that when he does bail and run, it, it looks like it's his first time running, like in his life. He's gawky, you know. He's lumbering. He's loose, and somehow fast. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Listen, he's gonna be productive on his legs, but when he does tuck it, he needs to get punished. Okay, if he gets smashed when he's on his own, it's just a matter of time until he fumbles. If, if the D-line can get in Ben DiNucci's head, he'll start to panic, sense phantom pressure, and do that thing where, where a quarterback rolls out like 15 yards deep. Okay, if Ben doesn't get popped, he's pretty good at, stra- at uh, scramble drills. Remember how he had Josh Gordon week two and, and never really used him? Well, he's using Josh Gordon now, and it's scary, man. He's also got that quick little guy, Core Pearson. In, in week two, he burned the entire defense on like a 50-something yard catch and run. He's still doing that. Pearson's leading the XFL in receptions with 50. He's got 70 targets. The ball is going to come his way, and he needs to get buried as soon as he gets it. And not just like a hit him, not just like try to pop him onto the ground. You need a, you need a Michael Myers him, man. You need, a, you need to put him in a coffin, set it on fire, rebuild the coffin, put those ashes into the coffin, fill with cement, and sink it into the bottom of the uh, Marianas Trench right there next to Megatron. That's what you got to do. You can't, you got to put him on, you got to make sure he hits the ground. Man, he got he got he's got to get buried as soon as he gets the ball. He's he's good and shifty when he's when he's flat footed. All right, he's good and shifty like on those screens. Like last week, we saw Hakeem Butler not exactly shifty when he's flat footed. But Jacor Pearson, he's good and shifty from that spot. And he, and he on top of that, he has a third, a fourth, a fifth. He has all these gears. He has all these gears that he can switch to when he catches the ball on the run. He is very fast. What they say you land run like a four two? No, that's stupid. That's a, that's inhuman. A four two. 4-3. That's more realistic. That's that's more realistic, okay? Um in, in week two in week two Gordon uh got got held to one catch for thirty three yards uh and Pearson got held to four catches for seventy eight yards. This defensive backfield, the Battlehawks defensive backfield, they're gonna need to try to get a repeat of those numbers. All right, because if you remember that game, it ended twenty to eighteen. If we can hold the team to eighteen points, we can win. All right. If they can get a repeat of those numbers, it's going to be a good thing. That's tough, though, because like I said, Seattle knows their identity now. This ain't ain't week two Seattle. They know their identity, and they know that those two receivers, they know that Josh Gordon and Ja'Core Pearson, they know that those two guys are a big part of their identity. Seattle thrives on big plays, okay? They don't normally have those like big, prolonged 10-plus play drives. Um, Last week we saw... Uh, like like exactly like what Vegas did last week where they had like 16 play drives for like fucking 20 minutes. Um, last week we saw this defense crack down on QB runs and limit how effective they were. They need to keep that train rolling. We've also seen these DBs be pretty weak on pass coverage against intermediate throws. We need to derail that train. Um, we need to derail that train. If, 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 if they want, if this defense and these defensive backs want to get off the field on third downs, they're not going to be able to be weak in that that intermediate area. All right, the the Battlehawks can have another game where they allow or they cannot, sorry, they cannot have another game where they allow a team to have a plus 40% third down conversion percentage. All right. 
We can't. That's not going to work here. That's not going to work because as soon as you get them a third down, they're just going to take more shots. They're just going to take more shots. All right, now for the running backs. Actually, I guess it's really just running back. Seattle has Philip Lindsay now. Um, Philip Lindsay was a Pro Bowl running back for the Denver Broncos back in 2018 when he was 23. But that's five years ago, man. It was a long time ago, and running backs don't age well. I said, I'm not. I'm not saying he's bad. He's just not an elite powerhouse. I remember when, uh, like on Twitter, uh, when when Philip Lindsay got signed to Seattle, like, oh, they're who can stop them now? Well, it's Philip Lindsay, and he's 28, and he was good five years ago. So a lot of people actually can, um, really. So that's that's what's going on with him. Before before last week's game, um, Philip Lindsay said he he wanted to play in the XFL to get back in shape so he can make an NFL roster in the fall. And let me tell you something. He's not in football shape, man. He's not. Last week, he had to sit out a lot, like a lot, a lot, because he was tired. All right, that's a that's a really good thing, because that means he can't get rolling. All right, he's a bowling ball of a running back. So when he does get rolling, it's hard to stop. He's pretty explosive through the line with really quick feet. So so getting him jammed up behind the line of scrimmage is going to be really important early, uh, because that's when he's going to be at his strongest. Okay. That's a nice thing to see for the Battlehawks, especially knowing how good running backs like Abraham, like uh, Abram Smith from DC. It's good to know that a guy's only going to be as strongest at the beginning because we've seen this defense like let these these good running backs. I guess it's really just specifically been Abram Smith, but it's good to see that Philip Lindsay's not going to be an Abram Smith. Abram Smith gets stronger as the game goes on. Philip Lindsay's gonna he's gonna hit the hole hard on his first play. And that's going to be the strongest part of him. Okay, here's my prediction for the game. Here's my prediction. Seattle's built to score fast, all right? And they know they can do just that. Normally, I would say that a game is going to come down to the trenches, especially when I'm talking about a team that wants to throw deep. I think this is a game that's going to be heavily impacted by linebacker play. I don't normally say that, okay? If the Battlehawks can can get Travis Feeney some shots on Ben DiNucci, good things will happen. If the if the Battlehawks can get Carson Wells moving fast and closing the distance on receivers and on Ben DiNucci when he scrambles, good things will happen. Hell, if, if Willie Harvey stays in position to limit Yak on receivers with big Yak potential, good things will happen. On defense, the Battlehawks simply cannot trust their defensive backs to play lights out against a really good wide, wide receiver talent. Especially especially with Nate Maters and Jonathan Alexander being questionable for the game. That's going to be very big, okay? On offense, Battlehawks need to score. Can't do none of that, get a turnover, and then have a three-and-out crap, all right? They scored less than 20 points off of 17 takeaways this season. When, when they get good field position, they need to step on the gas and make Seattle play like big, dumb, stupid idiots. Win the game and then make Seattle humiliate themselves. That's my prediction for this game. That's if this is a close game, I think it I think it might be a close game. I know I've said all that. I think they're I just it's just I've watched this Seattle team, man. They're good. They're good. Yeah, they lost to DC twice, they lost to us, but they're good, man. They're good and they're dangerous. I just fucking hate Ben DiNucci. I just, I just fucking hate him. Hate that guy. 
I think this is a close game, though. I think the, the Battlehawks are one-point favorites right now. Um, I think they cover, all right? My prediction, 28-25, to Battlehawks win. Clinch postseason. Then we go on to Week 10. That I already said uh, what Week 10. We're not going to focus on that. <sighs> I think it's going to be close. This one... I mean, it's obviously it's not going to. I don't think it's going to be a uh, overtime thing, but I think that Seattle's going to give us a scare there near the end. I think it comes over to uh, to Ben DiNucci being a big dumb stupid idiot. All right, twenty eight twenty five Battlehawks win. That's my prediction for the game. Hope I got you prepared for this. Hope you guys have at least some sense of what's going on with this game. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you have questions, if you want to tell me I'm wrong about things, more than willing to listen to that. Uh, Jake L. Beckman on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I do my my business. Reach out to me there. Thank you guys very much for listening to this. Uh, I will see you guys at the game on Sunday. Kaka.